Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everybody. Welcome into another episode of the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. I am Ryan Warmly, joined today by Pat Fitzmorris and Joe Dolan. Joe, co-owner and managing editor of FantasyPoints.com. Thank you so much for making the time. I was talking to Pat before you joined us here in the studio. He is very excited to have you on the show, and I am too. Oh, I appreciate that, guys. It's it's wonderful to, to be with Pat again. Um, uh, we've had we've done multiple podcasts in the past, Ryan. I think this is the first one that we've done together. But um, I'm really thrilled to be able to join you. It's uh, it's actually nice to be in the second chair of a podcast uh, right now because I've been doing. A, a massive series over at Fantasy Points where I'm interviewing 32 different analysts, beat writers, what have you, for all 32 teams. And, and it's going to be nice to not have to direct the traffic, so to speak. I, I will bear the burden of sitting in the host chair today so you can take it easy and just have fun on this show. Pat, how are you feeling about today's show? Feeling great. And we were talking about this before the show, Ryan. We've got an all Big Ten podcast yes, here with the, uh, you know, me, the Wisconsin boy, you, the Maryland guy, and Joe, a Penn State graduate. Yeah. I think it's going to be one that I, I'm going to get, Pat, you and I are probably more excited for our football teams this year than <laughs> than Ryan is. We Not did, the Maryland. We did, you know. we did get Talia back for another season. So yeah, that's something to his little brother running, yes. the, running the offense. That's not bad. Uh, Fickles yes. up there in Wisconsin. Um, yeah. And I, I am much more of a basketball guy in general because of Maryland's, you know, history. Yeah, well, that, that's fine. That's surprising. The Big Ten's a great basketball conference, too. Oh, yeah. Like, awesome. I mean, I think One that's the, the thing. Like, people are like, if the Big 12 ends up dissolving or something, you know, and, you know, Kansas has, needs yeah. a home, you know, obviously UCLA is maybe basketball, college basketball heaven, you know. So yeah. that's going to be an interesting couple of years. Penn State, not exactly the most decorated of basketball programs, and we've just lost our coach after a tournament run. So anyway, yeah. that, that nobody needs to hear that. To do that. Yeah, that's enough uh, Big Ten basketball talk for this show. We will jump right in. We were talking about, I think it's a really important show, 15 late-round draft steals. These are guys, they could end up being league winners. They could just be really good values, but these are the guys that you're going to get to brag about to your league mates all season long if you draft them late. We're going to go through some guys that are over 100 in AB, ADP. They're going after pick 100, and then we're going to look a little bit deeper later in the show for guys going after pick 150. We're going to start with the guys going a little bit earlier. And Joe, I will start with you. Who is your first guy who is going after pick 100 that you are targeting? 
I think this one's pretty easy. It's it's Daniel Jones. And I I think sometimes in fantasy football, you have to take advantage of the narrative. And I do think there is a big narrative that outside of Giant fans that Daniel Jones sticks. And I think Daniel Jones proved this year that, hey, even with one of the league worst receiving groups, he was a top fantasy quarterback. He was a start-worthy fantasy quarterback. He had 708 rushing yards and seven touchdowns. He was the QB9. They go out in the offseason, and I'm not convinced this is going to be a top half of the league's supporting cast. I'm really not. I, I think the Giants were kind of hamstrung. Um, they didn't have there wasn't a whole lot on the free agent market but they made a creative trade for Darren Waller I think you can take it or leave it based on Darren Waller's injury history but they went out and got did something creative when it didn't look like they were going to be able to go acquire uh, a big time wide receiver they brought in Paris Campbell they drafted Jalen Hyatt they brought back Slayton and Isaiah Hodgins guys who came in down down the stretch and all of a sudden, we Daniel Jones is what QB fourteen on some best ball drafts. Uh, his interception rate has shrunk in four each of his first four seasons, down to just one point one percent last year. His supporting cast is better. Andrew Thomas is one of the best tackles in football. I don't think this offensive line is going to be great by any stretch. And if if Saquon Barkley for some reason um, holds out into the season, which I don't think he will, they might have to throw the ball a little bit more. So Daniel Jones is is. Uh, if you are still in the I'm waiting on my quarterback camp, I think you can get an extremely viable starter in Daniel Jones and one who probably runs more than even fantasy players realize at this stage. Fitz, quickly, I don't think you and I in any of the shows we've done have talked about Daniel Jones. I know Debro is a big fan of his. Where, where do you come down on Jones this year? I'm with Joe on this one. Like him as a uh, if you're going to wait on quarterback, he is a good target to have because um you know, rushing numbers for quarterbacks are pretty sticky, stickier than than passing numbers for quarterbacks. And we know the rushing numbers are going to be there for Daniel Jones. That's just part of his game. And yes, some upgraded weaponry. It's great that he, uh, you know, formerly a turnover machine. And I think he had the lowest interception rate in the league last year. So that's really encouraging. It just seems like he's kind of flourished under Brian Dable. Pat, sticking with you, who's your first sleeper here? Uh, it's Rashad Penny, and I, I shamelessly stole this pick from Joe, who I think also had him on his initial list, so uh, sorry to pick your pocket, Joe, but I realize that Penny's injury history paints sort of a grim picture, but with an ADP of running back 40, the injury risk is kind of baked into the price, and Penny is the favorite, I think, for early down work in Philadelphia, and the Eagles have a high-scoring offense, maybe the best offensive line in football. They also have the ultra-mobile Jalen Hurts at quarterback, and we know a mobile quarterback helps spike the rushing efficiency of his running backs. And, boy, Penny is already pretty efficient. I mean, 5.7 yards per carry for his career, 6.2 yards per carry over the last two years. Isn't really going to catch a lot of passes for you, but if he can somehow manage to stay healthy, Penny could give you a thousand yard rushing season at a running back four price. And and Fitz, do you like Penny better than Swift at cost, or do you like him better than Swift overall? At cost, they're really close. I, I do have Swift ranked a little higher, but I'm not even sure that's the right call. I mean, at, at cost, no question, I'd rather have Penny. 
Yeah. I, I know you love Penny. You've talked about him a lot on this show, Fitz, as a sleeper this year. He's actually going 113th in FFPC drafts this year. And we actually have a contest over on FFPC right now called the Fantasy Pros Championship, where you can compete for a $1 million grand prize. Head over to fantasypros.com slash championship to enter and use the code FANTASYPROS for $25 off your entry. Joe, give me your next sleeper. Yeah, it's going to be Khalil Herbert uh, of the Chicago Bears. Um, I, I know their backfield is murky, but the one thing you know with Justin Fields at quarterback, it's kind of similar to Jalen Hurts at quarterback, um, is that the run game is always going to be a focus. And Jalen Hurts made a huge leap as a passer, but the run game is still always going to be a huge part of what the Philadelphia Eagles do. Justin Fields has not made that leap as a passer yet. And we had similar questions about Hurts coming into this year. Even if Justin Herbert does make that leap, uh, excuse me, Justin Fields does make that leap, Khalil Herbert's going to be involved. And his ADP is suppressed because they brought in Deontay Foreman. They brought in, they drafted Rashawn Johnson. They brought in Travis Homer. So there's a bit of a muddied backfield here. But he's been one of the most efficient and explosive runners in the NFL. Um, He's averaged 5.0 yards per carry uh, over the last couple of seasons. Sixth in missed tackles forced per attempt and third after in yards after contact per attempt last season. So he, he was an explosive back. The question is, can he handle more work and maintain that level of efficiency and explosiveness? But on a team that I know is going to run the football, I'll take my shot on Khalil Herbert as an RB4 in drafts who maybe becomes an RB2 in, in an ideal world if things shake out. Joe, I'm curious philosophically when you have a running back on a team with a a rushing quarterback, do you look more like Fitz mentioned, you know, Jalen Hurts kind of adds the efficiency of his running backs or do you look at sort of the downside of running quarterbacks probably going to scramble rather than checking it down? He's probably going to steal those goal line carries. Do you kind of come out as a more positive or more of a negative when evaluating running backs? It's a double edged sword. Um, Last year, believe it or not, um, of uh, despite David Montgomery being a guy who I think a lot of people would view as kind of a bruising kind of running back of running backs who had 800 or more rushing yards last year. Um, David Montgomery had the lowest percentage of his teams inside the five yard line rush attempts. And a large part of that is because of Justin Fields effectiveness. I feel like if I draft Khalil Herbert and Justin Fields, I'm getting a large portion of the rushing touchdowns. You know, uh, Pat mentioned Rashad Penny with Jalen Hurts. If you have those two guys on the same team, especially for drafting a best ball team. You might get like 90% of the team's rushing touchdowns just by drafting those two guys. Um, I feel like this is kind of a lower end, a much more lower end version of that relationship, of course, because you also have to vie with Rashawn Johnson and Deontay Foreman. Quite frankly, I've been targeting Rashawn Johnson in best ball drafts too, just on the uncertainty, but Khalil Herbert's the one with the track record. He's the one who has those efficiency metrics that I like. Before we get to some more draft steals, I need to take a moment to tell everybody about Fanimal. I love live events, but absolutely hate buying tickets. The hidden fees suck, customer service is terrible, and coordinating with friends is a nightmare. But then I discovered Fanimal. Fanimal has tickets to everything. Concerts, festivals, basketball, baseball, hockey, and of course, the NFL. And there are no fees. The price you see is the price you pay. You heard it here first. Fanimal is the cheapest place on the internet to get tickets. We've all experienced how painful it is to coordinate going to events with friends. I always end up fronting a bunch of money and then chasing down my friends to get reimbursed later. And if they flake, I'm the one who's stuck with the whole bill. But Fanimal's patented group purchase makes it easy to split payments with your friends so nobody is left holding the bag you don't commit until your friends do just pick the seats pick how many tickets you want to pay for yourself and send the link to your friends when they join your group 
Everyone gets charged separately and your tickets are secured. Plus, you can stack cash by inviting friends. That's $10 every time someone joins your group. Kaching. Oh, yeah. And Fanimal has amazing customer service. Don't take my word for it. Check out their hundreds of five star reviews. The next time you need tickets, go to fanimal.com or download the Fanimal app and use promo code Fanimal Pros for $20 off your first purchase. Check out Fanimal and experience more. Pat, give me your next sleeper. It is Miami Dolphins rookie Devon A-Chain. And I will start with the disclaimer that my enthusiasm for A-Chain will dampen somewhat if they do sign Dalvin Cook, as as has been rumored. Uh, But it still won't completely dampen my enthusiasm. This guy is just such a little stick of dynamite. And I realize a lot of fantasy managers are automatically going to give the side eye to a running back who comes into the NFL at under 200 pounds. And A-Chain is 5'9", 188. Uh, But he is not some Tariq Cohen-type scat back. Like, he averaged 23.2 touches a game for Texas A&M last fall, and they routinely ran him between the tackles. And and the Aggies are an SEC school playing in, in, let's face it, we're Big Ten guys, but I'm sure we all would agree that the SEC is the toughest conference in the country. Um, and, of course, the main attraction with A-Chain is his speed. I mean, just game-breaking 4.32 speed. Uh, he ran the 200 meters for the Texas A&M track team in 20.2 seconds. So this dude can fly. And it's the contact balance, though, for a smaller, faster back that really catches my eye. I mean, this guy totally reminds me of Warwick Dunn. Ryan, you're probably too young to have rostered Warwick Dunn on any of your fantasy teams, but uh, I'm guessing Joe probably has. And, uh, you know, I mean, he was really impactful and a valuable fantasy asset in the 90s and and early aughts. And I think uh, Devon A-Chain has the, the same type of game. So I'm really excited about him. Pat, what what percentage of your excitement about A-Chain is the landing spot? Because you, you've talked about this before. This is a hand-in-glove fit in Miami between A-Chain and this offense. Yeah, with uh, Mike McDaniel's wide zone scheme, he should fit really well into it. And, uh, you know, maybe they throw to him a little bit more with uh, Tyreek Hill and, and Jalen Waddell sort of clearing things out and opening up things underneath. That would be great to see. So, that's part of it. I mean, I'd be pretty enthusiastic about A-Chain no matter where he landed, but I did like this landing spot a lot, and I'm going to love it if they don't sign Dalvin Cook. Joe, give me your next sleeper. Uh, this is an easy one for me, um, and I also have to to uh, put a disclaimer before this one. Uh, this is Chigazem Conquo, the rookie tight end for the Tennessee Titans. Um, I think everybody uh, in the fantasy community, who are at, le- at least the sickos like us who have been drafting best ball teams for six months, uh, are, are in on Chigazem uh, this is somebody who, per fantasy points data, outproduced Traylon Burks last year despite running 81 fewer routes. He had 455 receiving yards to Burks's 444. He also had three touchdowns to Burks's one touchdown last year. Now, of course, the big thing that that's hanging over Tennessee is does DeAndre Hopkins sign with the Titans? While I think Pat's right, if Dalvin Cook signs with Miami, that really does put a big dent into into Devin A. Chain's potential for fantasy. I'm not entirely sure DeAndre Hopkins landing in Tennessee would be that awful a situation for Oconquo because they already have the maybe the worst wide receiver room in the entire NFL. Adding DeAndre Hopkins to that is going to make it better, but it still is not going to have great depth. And we're talking about a player who, if you look at pro football focuses numbers, Going back, uh, going back to 2009, 
Chigakonkwo had the seventh best season in terms of yards per route run by any tight end. That's not any rookie tight end. That's any tight end. Rob Gronkowski, George Kittle, Mark Andrews, George Kittle, George Kittle, Rob Gronkowski. Those are the six seasons ahead of him. Chigakonkwo just did that as a rookie. Now he's a little bit undersized. Um, he, honestly, to me, he looks like uh, he looks a lot of bit undersized. I think he looks like a running back out there. But man, with the ball in his hands, the guy's electric. And there is currently a pathway to him leading this team in targets and receiving. That is a slam dunk pick. I got goosed on him in my Scott Fishbowl draft uh, this this morning. So I'm I'm still feeling the pain of that. Um, but he is somebody who I am targeting. He is my most drafted tight end on underdog. Um, I, I have him on an FFPC dynasty team that I'm excited about. Chigakonkwo to the moon. He is one of my favorite players uh, uh, to draft. And this has been my opinion since last season. I remember tweeting at the end of December, like I'm going to have Chigakonkwo and Jelani Woods on so many teams. Akonkwo has been the guy who um, has has been the one to fulfill that promise for me so far. Uh, I noticed you conveniently forgot to mention where he went to college. Be a terp. Uh Very quickly, Joe, I'm just curious, how much does the quarterback play into your evaluation? Will you feel differently if Will Levis is a starter at any point this season? <laughs> if Will Levis is the starter at some point this season, it's because of an injury um, or the Titans are just completely dead and they decide we got to see if Will Levis is our guy. So honestly, I, it doesn't even bother me that much because I think Aconquo is somebody who they're going to draw up tight end screens for. Like we just, the yards after the catch, the yards per route run, you know, we see Philadelphia run all those really effective tight end screens with Dallas Goddard. Aconquo is a different kind of player than Dallas Goddard, but he, He's somebody who can succeed on those routes. No, I, I wouldn't be worried about that at all. I, I still like Chicken Conquo. Pat, give me your next draft steal. It's Rondale Moore. Let's stick with the Big Ten motif here with a uh, Purdue guy. And um, I mean, I know Rondale's first two seasons have been a mixed bag. Like he didn't do much as a rookie. 435 receiving yards and 76 rushing yards in 14 games. Only one touchdown. Then last year, he only played eight games due to injury, but he was still pretty productive in those eight games. 41 catches for 414 yards. If you project that over a full season, uh, that works out to 87 catches for 880 yards. And and those are numbers that would certainly move the needle in PPR leagues. So um, not a lot of target competition in Arizona. And I don't know, Rondell is still the same guy who had 114 catches 1,200 plus yards and 14 touchdowns in 14 games as an 18-year-old freshman at Purdue. So like this guy can be pretty electric and I'm anxious to see what he can do. He, he teased us a little bit last year, but with a season of good health and in an offense where, you know, there's not a lot of really good pass catchers, I'm interested to see what Rondale can do this year. A uh, similar quick follow-up as I asked Joe, how much does the quarterback play into evaluating here, given the uncertainty with Kyler? Yeah, it's a little concerning, and uh, especially with the Cardinals having little incentive to rush Kyler back if indeed they are sort of rebuilding and, and fully committed to the rebuild. But, um, you know, he is a short area receiver. And as Joe mentioned, with Chig, um, screens – little uh little quick hooks slants i think that's going to be in play for rondell and that's kind of the receiver he is you know the short area receivers are not going to be as impacted by uh poor qb play as the mike evans type types who are you know catching balls further downfield 
We're about to move into some even deeper sleepers here, so I want to remind everybody to head to fantasypros.com slash late for a breakdown of Debro's favorite late-round steals this season. Of course, he's not on the show with us today, but if listeners want to hear even more from Debro and have him answer your questions, head over to our Discord at fantasypros.com slash Discord, where he'll be hosting weekly stages each Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern. Erickson will also be on every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, and Fitz, who is on the show, will be on each Thursday at 8 p.m. PM Eastern. Join them every single week on Discord as they get on stages to interact with premium subscribers. Learn more at fantasypros.com slash Discord. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. When your child fights sleep, it can feel like a battle you'll never win. Imagine a bedtime routine you all look forward to, where you cuddle in and let the stress of the day melt away. Welcome to Sleep Tight Stories, a calming weekly podcast that brings bedtime stories, cuddles, and comfort to families worldwide. The stories are quirky, relatable, and spark wonder without overstimulation, so listeners can fall asleep and stay asleep. Each episode is narrated by me, Cheryl McLeod, a second grade teacher, and written by my husband Clark, an eternal second grader at heart. Tune in tonight and bond over a story before drifting off to sleep. Make bedtime the sweetest part of your day. Sleep Tight Stories. Listen to Sleep Tight Stories on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Joe, hit me with your next sleeper. Yeah, we're going to go uh, super deep here, um, and and we're going to get into the weeds of, of guys who might not even be drafted in home leagues, but we're doing best ball, maybe dynasty. And I'm going to talk about Rasheed Rice, the rookie uh, wide receiver from the Kansas City Chiefs. And it's I, I like first and foremost, I like the profile. Six foot, over 200 pounds, 41 inch vertical, incredible 10 yard split. Uh, so a lot of short area burst for Rasheed Rice. Um, but really, the, the factor here is the same factor why I was on Sky Moore last year, Kansas City Chiefs. And you know what? I'll be willing to make that bet 
Um, even if I didn't love Rasheed Rice as a prospect and I happen to like his profile, I'll, I'll, I'll be willing to make that bet because they have Patrick Mahomes. And the irony, of course, is we're sitting here talking about Sky Moore and people are wondering if he can break out this year because he didn't do it last year. I thought it was kind of weird and kind of incredible that despite Mahomes being the NFL MVP, none of these wide receivers that he had last year really was a whole lot of anything for fantasy. I still think Kadarius Tony is the best bet here. Sky Moore's getting drafted ahead of Rasheed Rice, and maybe it's an experience factor. Maybe Sky Moore is going to be the guy who's going to break out. But what if Sky Moore isn't good? What if Rasheed Rice is the guy who they view as the best outside receiver prospect? There's still a big discussion of what is Kadarius Tony? Is he just a souped-up, bigger version of Nicole Hardman? So Rasheed Rice could potentially have the ability to come out, maybe play some X receiver, maybe play some Z receiver. He is essentially free um, in a lot of home league drafts. Uh, he goes in the teenage rounds on, on underdog best ball. But I'm just betting on the profile. I'm betting on Kansas City. And I'm still going to take Kansas City Chief wide receivers when all else is equal. If I'm looking at a Kansas City Chief wide receiver or I'm looking at a, a Tennessee Titan wide receiver who's going in the same range, I'm probably going to take the Chief guy. Yeah, it's interesting because that, that seems really reasonable to me. But you also just look at the history of in the Mahomes era beyond Hill and obviously Kelsey who plays tight end. Mm -hmm. But beyond Tyreek Hill. There hasn't really been a receiver that's had this major impactful season in Kansas City because Mahomes is so good at spreading it around. And when he doesn't spread it around, he focuses on the tight end and not the receiver. So it's always really interesting trying to make sense of that offense. And, and like you mentioned, Tony, Rice, Sky Moore, there's a lot of interesting options this year. One of them I think will probably make an impact and picking the right one will be pretty key late in your drafts. Fitz, give me your next sleeper. Uh, it's Alex Pierce, second year receiver for the Colts. And um, part of what attracts me to him are, are traits. I mean, he's 6'3 and runs a 4-4-40. So, um, and now he's going to be playing with a quarterback who has a bazooka for an arm in Anthony Richardson. And I think it's going to be a better situation for Pierce than it was last year when the Colts passing game was kind of a train wreck. But Pierce still put up pretty respectable rookie numbers, 41 catches, 593 yards, couple of touchdowns. And while I don't necessarily put a lot of stake into uh, people raving about what kind of shape players are in coming into OTAs, uh, there were a few Indianapolis Colts beat writers who noted that Pierce looked uh, considerably more muscular than he did last year when he was kind of a, a lanky guy. But, um, you know, I, I look at Pierce when he plays and I, I can't help but think of Jordy Nelson. And I'm not predicting that sort of impact for Alec Pierce, but, um, you know, sort of similar builds, similar speed. Um, I, I really like this guy, and I think Anthony Richardson is going to be good for him. Joe, give me your next pick. Yeah, this is my most drafted quarterback on underdog fantasy so far. Um, it's Bryce Young of the Carolina Panthers. And it's really just not to go all rookies here for you, but it's really just the argument of is what if Bryce Young's really good? And the Carolina Panthers, by the way, are in a winnable division. You look at look at Tampa Bay is paying the Brady tax this year. Um, New Orleans just had to get Las Vegas's cast off quarterback. You know, um, the Atlanta Falcons are going into the season with a, a third round quarterback who made three starts last year. This is an imminently winnable division. And would it stun anyone? If from day one, Bryce Young's the best quarterback in this division, he was the number one overall pick. Um, 
so you have that schedule, which I think is a winnable schedule. I don't think his receiving core is great, but they can they can cobble together some interesting looks with whatever Adam Thielen has left. DJ Chark um, came on a little bit late for Detroit. You have Jonathan Mingo, a rookie receiver who I happen to like. Hayden Hurst is a veteran tight end. And look, n- nobody's going to rank this as the th- in the top 15 of supporting cast in the NFL, but there are some pieces here that are interesting. His ADP, I mean, you can draft him as a QB3. Um, and I just happen to think that Bryce Young was somebody who, if Carolina were to pass on him with the number one overall pick, I, I my opinion all along from watching Bryce Young, learning everything there is to learn about Bryce Young, was that he was going to make that team that passed on him regret it. I think the Carolina Panthers made the smart decision. I think Bryce Young is the best quarterback in this draft, and I think Bryce Young is going to come out and potentially have a solid rookie season. Do I think he's going to be a top 10 quarterback? I don't. But do I think he can pay off where his ADP is right now? I absolutely do. I love this pick, and you mentioned that they could end up winning this division. I would just like to point out that we did, um, you know, on the betting pros page, uh, an article where we all, all the analysts came out and picked their division winners and their best bets, really, in every division. Fitz and I were the only two of the entire staff to pick the Panthers in the NFC South. So we are right there with you uh, in terms of them as, as a kind of an intriguing bet and and Bryce Young making an early impact. I think you're totally right. There's no reason he can't be the best quarterback in this division right off the bat. He, and also really look good. at the fact that Matt Rule poured in so many resources to that defense. If there's one yeah. thing Matt Rule did there, it's that defense is ready to win now. So I would not be stunned at all if they go 9-8, and 10-7 and seven in the weak division and take it down. Yeah, we, we fully agree. Before we get to our absolute deepest sleepers, I have a giveaway to announce. The winner of the autographed Deontay Johnson Pittsburgh Steelers jersey, courtesy of bettingpros.com, is Hunter Meeker. Please get in touch with our customer support agents at mailbag at fantasypros.com with your mailing address and proof of your subscription to the Fantasy Pros YouTube channel. We will get that jersey shipped out to you. Again, the winner is Hunter Meeker. Congratulations. Our next giveaway is for a free ultimate custom championship belt from our friends over at Trophy Smack. To win, all you have to do is subscribe to the Fantasy Pros YouTube channel and comment below on this video. That's it. While you're at it, drop a like and click that bell to get notified every time a new video drops. Fitz, give me another Big Ten player. Oh, yeah. Another Big Ten player and another rookie. It's Chase Brown. Uh, for the Bengals, and we can't assume any sort of meaningful role for Chase Brown in year one. But uh, as you mentioned, Ryan, we're getting into the the deeper sleepers here. Chase Brown probably doesn't get drafted in a typical 12-team, 16-round home league draft, but there were rumors in the spring that the Bengals might release Joe Mixon. And that didn't happen, but this could very well be Mixon's last season in Cincinnati. And maybe the Bengals start leaning on Mixon a little less this year. Now, uh, Chris Evans and Travion Williams are still around, but neither has really gotten any NFL traction yet. And Brown has 4.43 speed and pretty good size. And he averaged 27.3 carries a game for the Illinois Fighting Illini last fall. I mean, Brett Bielema and his staff just work this guy into the ground so we've seen that he can hold up under a big workload and if anything happened to joe mixon i mean brown could potentially step into a workhorse role for the bengals and you know based on his college track record he's much more equipped for it than either evans or travion williams would be so uh you know maybe not draftable but definitely keep this guy in your uh waiver wire rolodex and uh in deeper leagues he might be draftable 
So you, you mentioned the absurd production in college. Why did he fall in the NFL draft then? I know he didn't have a great senior bowl week. You know, we had our, our Thor Nystrom and Derek Brown down there. And apparently, you know, he, his senior bowl week was bad. He was just like, you know, would take a handoff and just drop the ball and uh, didn't do great in pass protection. Maybe that was part of it. I, th- I think he reinvigorated his stock a little bit by testing pretty well at the combine. But, um, really well. you know, I just wonder if the senior ball m- maybe had a little something to do with that. Joe, give me your next deep sleeper. So my next deep sleeper from week six on last year was second among all wide receivers in yards per route run with a minimum of 100 routes, 2.78. That was right after Tyree Kill and right ahead of Devontae Adams. This deep sleeper is getting drafted 12 to 13 rounds after one of his own teammates, whom he also paced in yards per route run last year. This guy was a rookie last year. He plays for the New Orleans Saints. His name is Rashid Shahid. Um, It was a small sample size, but uh, as our guy Ryan Heath at Fantasy Points pointed out, not a gadget player. He had an 11.6 average depth of target. He only had five um, of his targets come on screens. Um, This guy can fly. I, I think the fact that he had one of the best yards per route run seasons for a rookie of all time, um, just behind Justin Jefferson, just ahead of Jamar Chase in that in that category, tells you what, what kind of talent we're working with here. And even if you think that's a fluke, even if you think it's a sample size fluke, he is currently a 14th, 15th round pick on, on best ball sites. So it, it, th- he has been my most drafted wide receiver because in best ball, even if he has a few spike weeks, um, you're going to get to use those weeks. He finished as a top 24 and top 36 wide receiver more frequently by percentage basis than Gabriel Davis and Juju Smith-Schuster did last year. And those guys, especially Davis, and I know Davis was hurt, but those guys were in much better offenses. Michael Thomas is back. I'm not sure how much that matters. Rashid Shahid getting drafted in the 70s at wide receiver is one of the best values on the board to me. What do you make of this Saints offense as a whole this year? Because we just talked about the division, how it's eminently winnable for the Panthers. Saints are pretty good defense. Do you think this offense could be better this year just with the addition of Carr, if nothing else? Yeah, you know, so Derek Carr has has thrown a lot of deep touchdowns. he's, He's made some bad throws as well. But you remember a couple years ago, Derek Carr, made Nelson Aguilar a lot of money. I think Aguilar caught like 40-some passes for 900 yards, had a number of deep touchdowns, um, and then signed that big contract with the Patriots and didn't come through. But Devontae Adams, Mac Hollins last year, these guys were making plays down the field. I Look, I don't think the Saints are going to be great. I think Derek Carr is a he-is-what-he-is kind of passer at this point. We know he's not a great red zone quarterback, all the more reason to like Rashid Shahid because maybe those long touchdowns are what the Saints are going to succeed with and not those grinded out drives that that Derek Carr has seemed to falter on throughout his career. We've got two more picks each. We'll go a little faster here just because at this point you're really just kind of throwing darts and, and trying to hit on some lottery tickets. Fitz, who are you looking at that's going real deep in drafts? Mike Kosicki. And the Dolphins last year franchise tagged him and inexplicably – totally marginalized him, like cut his snap count almost in half. Um, and now he's going to the Patriots, a team that values tight ends. And uh, he's going to be reunited with Bill O'Brien, his former college co- coach at Joe's alma mater, Penn State. And, um, you know, the last time we saw Bill O'Brien calling the plays for the New England Patriots in 2011, New England's tight ends combined for 169 catches 2,237 yards and 24 touchdowns. Now, 
granted that was Rob Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez. And uh, I don't think the Mike Gesicki, Hunter Henry pairing is going to make anyone, uh, you know, no one's going to confuse this pairing with that one. But I do think it's an indication the tight end is a pretty important part of a Bill O'Brien offense. And we saw that when he was in Houston, when uh, there was a season with Ryan Griffin and C.J. Fedorowicz combining for 100 catches and 1,000 yards. So uh, I like the setup here for Gasicki a lot more than the setup he had last year in Miami. I kind of do wish we had Debra on this show because uh, Gasicki is currently tied in 19 in the expert consensus rankings. Debra has him down at 31. So <laughs> I don't know what he is missing that that everybody else is agreeing on uh, of him as a good sleeper. Joe, give me your next pick. Yeah, this one is is maybe the least sexy pick ever brought up on this particular program, but it's Gus <laughs> Edwards. Um, three reasons. Number one, the Ravens could have saved $4 million by cutting Gus Edwards this offseason. Instead, they reworked his contract and brought him back. Number two, the Ravens did not make any major additions in this backfield as of yet. Maybe maybe they're one of those teams that looks at Dalvin Cook. Who knows? Number three, J.K. Dobbins, who is two years removed from an absolutely devastating knee injury, is currently holding in. Um, he did not participate in mandatory mini camps because he wants a new contract. Good on J.K. Dobbins. I think he knows how running backs are being treated right now. And he's like, I've already suffered one major injury and, you know, I want to get my money now. But. Let's just say something happens from a from from a contract perspective for J.K. Dobbins. Gus Edwards is free in drafts. He averaged five yards per carry last year. Look, he's never going to do anything for you as a receiver. He didn't even catch a pass last year. Even if Todd Monken involves them more in the, in the passing game, he's not going to be Ray Rice. But he is going to be somebody who could potentially be one of the tr the best, most valuable true handcuffs in all of fantasy football. I think this is a really good pick, not only with Dobbins, like the potential like hold in status, but also he's been injured. He it wasn't the cleanest return from injury to last year. So you could maybe those issues continue to crop up. I think also with Lamar signing the big deal, maybe he runs just a little bit less often. That's more carries for the backfield. But the biggest point, and you said it, I think is the fact that they didn't draft a running back or add anybody. I'm a Ravens fan. They draft a running back on day three basically every year, and they didn't this year. That tells me they have a ton of faith in both the health of Dobbins, but also the health of Edwards, who had the ACL tear a couple years ago as well. So I think that's an excellent pick, and that's a guy who, if Dobbins isn't playing for whatever reason, all of a sudden becomes a must-start running back. Uh, Fitz, give me your last sleeper here. I'll go with another number two running back from the AFC North, uh, Jerome Ford. And it's, it's pretty simple. The Browns reportedly have no interest in re-signing Kareem Hunt. So Ford is in line to be the primary backup to Nick Chubb. And Chubb has had some significant knee injuries in his past. So Ford ran for 1,300 yards and 20 touchdowns in his last season at Cincinnati. Uh, has good size, 5'11", 210 pounds, 4.46 speed. And while he's not going to be mistaken for Nick Chubb, this dude does have some power. Like Ford will run through arm tackles. This is a potentially valuable asset who can be acquired very inexpensively, pretty much free. I didn't prepare you for this question, Fitz, so I apologize for that. But where would you rank Ford amongst just the pure handcuffs in the NFL right now? Oh, man, um, probably middle of the pack or so as far as pure handcuffs. I mean, because Chubb, like, he's not going to get much change of pace duty. I think as long as Chubb yeah. can handle it, he's going to get a massive percentage of, of the rushing load for the Browns. But, you know, if anything happens, though, I mean, Ford is, like any other handcuff, uh, you know, his, his value would skyrocket. Joe, bring us home with your final late-round draft steal. 
Yeah, it's Jake Ferguson of the Dallas Cowboys. Um, he's a bit shorter than Dalton Schultz, but he, I think he profiles as a similar kind of receiver in the NFL. He's he's a savvy route runner, has solid ball skills, does not have high-end athleticism. Dalton Schultz is vacating 86 targets. And since Dak Prescott's come into the NFL, whether it was Dalton Schultz, whether it was Jason Witten, he has preferred a chain-moving, get-you-six-yards-on-third-and-five kind of tight end. And I think that's what Jake Ferguson can be. Last year, Ferguson ran over 60% of his routes per fantasy points data in line. Meanwhile, Schultz ran a plurality of his routes in the slot. Dallas brought in Luke Schoonmaker. This is a lot of there's a lot of Big Ten talk on this podcast because Ferguson's <laughs> a big guy too. Um, they brought in Schoonmaker in the second round of the draft from Michigan. He is a bigger guy and a better blocker than, than Jake Ferguson. I wonder if that allows Ferguson to slide very comfortably into the role that Dalton Schultz is vacating in those 86 targets that he's vacating. I mean, he's being drafted as a tight end three right now, and I would not be shocked if he is a top 12 PPR tight end by the end of the season. Wow. Well, Joe, Joe brings up a Wisconsin tight end. I brought up a Penn State tight end. What a nice little quick. He also brought up a Terrapin tight end. Oh, that's yeah. right. That was oh. not organized, by the way. That was, <laughs> we did not intend to do that. What, what a friendly show. Lots yeah. of big TED talk like we talked about. I uh, hope everybody enjoyed it. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Please be sure to like and subscribe to the show and leave a comment on YouTube. Remember, you have a chance to win that cool swag from Trophy Smack. And uh, tell us some of the players we missed. Who are the players that you guys like that are going currently past pick 100, maybe even deeper past pick 200? Also, be sure to check out Fanimal for all your ticketing needs. For Joe, for Pat, I'm Ryan Warmly. We'll see you guys again next time. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Fantasy Pros and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash fantasy pros. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A rested child is a happy child. Sleep Tight Stories is a weekly podcast that brings comfort and joy to families worldwide with calming bedtime stories. The stories are relevant to children and spark wonder without overstimulation, so they can fall asleep and stay asleep. Listen to Sleep Tight Stories on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. For a bedtime routine you'll miss when they're grown, sleep tight stories.